0: your Bibles open, if you would, to the book of Acts, and I want to continue a little bit off of what I was talking about on, on Sunday night. We had some awesome services Sunday, amen? amen? God really moved on Sunday night. How many want to keep seeing that happen? Amen. I want to talk tonight about uh, being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I'm not going to ask tonight who did the media fast. I, I don't, it doesn't matter. Uh, We threw that out Sunday night. Some weren't even here Sunday, so you didn't know about it. And obviously, since it was a media fast, we didn't have any way of announcing that. But we did a media fast. And it was especially targeted at Instagram and Facebook and all the phone stuff we do. And uh, I do know that my family did it. We did it. But I don't know anybody else that did, and I'm not asking. But if you did it, thank you. And uh, I, I I won't ask you how it went. I won't ask you how it was. But I know that I could tell feeling the Holy Spirit tonight, that there was a dynamic and a dominion in praise and worship that you could tell we did something, okay? So, because sometimes when you, well not sometimes, most of the time when you do a fast of any kind, how many know that the flesh rises up, the devil rises up, and sometimes things just go haywire, like you could just tell that we had been fasting, and like I said, it doesn't have to be just food. Fasting is consecrating yourself to the Lord for a purpose. And sometimes these media, social media things, are harder than food for some people. Amen? And so you might have caught yourself the last three days uh, whenever you were grabbing your phone and just, like we always do, and just, hey, I'm not doing anything at this second. Let me scroll, let me look, let me, see, let me do something or post a picture, whatever. Uh, you might have found that at that moment you open up the bible instead that's what i challenge you to do because we have our phone apps and challenge you to read, so you read more hopefully and prayed more and anyways it was a consecration so like i said i'm not going to ask who did and who did not we'll do this again and we'll we'll make it bigger we'll we'll do different things we can do a tv fast we could do movie fast there's all kinds of things we could do but how many know it's good It's any way you look at it, it's good. And when it's done, you feel good that you said, God, I want to give you some extra time. All right? And so what happens is, is let's look at Acts chapter 8. And then write this down as you're looking at Acts 8. Here's a verse. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. This is Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How many want to be the children of God tonight? So the Bible says if we are led by the Spirit then we're the children of God. Okay? And so we need to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit and learn how to obey the Holy Spirit. How many know that the Holy Spirit is talking to us more than we're listening? And we have to learn how to listen to Him. If we want to be greater soul winners, if we want to be better fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, servants of God, if we want to be better citizens, if we want to be better whatever... It's going to come off of us living a life out of obedience to the Holy Spirit. And he's constantly wanting to talk to us and tell us, do this, say this, don't do this, don't say this, go there, don't go there. Amen. How many want to be led by the Holy Spirit in that way? Now, I've, I've joked about this before. I'm not talking about God telling you to brush your teeth. That's I'm not. I'm, I'm, God gave us common sense, Amen. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about where we can be led by the Spirit of God every day, walking through our lives as believers, and as He can speak to us in that still small voice, and He can speak to our spirit, and we can say, "Okay." In the last in the, in this three days, the Lord was dealing with me on something and led me to do something. That it's one of those. How many have ever had God speak to you to do something that? It wasn't something that you had to do, but you realize if I obey this and I do this, that there'll be a blessing from it, that there'll be a growth from it, that there'll be a amen. And so we need to learn to do the math, so to speak. We need to learn to say, you know what, whatever this thing God is asking me to do is not that big of a deal. I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to obey. And I know that God will bring forth fruit from that. Because he said in his word in, this, in the book of 1 Samuel, he said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. He'd rather have us obey what he says than to beat ourselves up and walk on our knees and, and do all these crazy things a lot of religions do. He just wants us to obey. And I want to show you a few stories in the Bible tonight that, that reveal to us that if we obey, and if we do what he says to do, that we will see fruit. Okay? So remember, Romans 8.14, those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So let's read a few stories. Acts chapter 8. We kind of well we read out of this in on Sunday as I took us through the book of Acts and talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we're about to read, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet, keep seeking it. Keep asking for it. I want, I want every person in this church to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. God wants every person in this church to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? So that we can have a prayer language and we can have that dynamic and that power that we need to make it. Amen? So keep seeking it if you don't have it yet. Now, verse 26 of chapter 8. We're going to see a few stories here where the, where the Holy Spirit led these people and they listened and obeyed and something happened. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. So, right there, we see the Holy Spirit speaking through an angel. We see him listen and he goes. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, that's somebody important, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit, watch this, then the Spirit said to Philip, here he is speaking, go near and overtake this chariot. So first, before we read 30, he tells him, go to this place. Gets to the area of the place. How many know if we don't obey the first time, we won't get the second instructions? So important to 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 major in the minors in God and make sure that we're hearing him on every step. And when he speaks, listen. Amen. Just obey. Don't question. One of the worst things you can do as a believer is question God. Amen. Learn to say yes, Lord, so that he can lead you to the next step. And then sometimes we feel like, well, God's not speaking to me. Well, maybe you missed the first step. I mean, we need to be more obedient, more listening to the Holy Spirit. So he's in the right place, and then the Spirit says, go over, and and he says, overtake this chariot. So this would be, here's an example. This would be like you soul winning on an outreach day or or just at a store, and you're in the store, you don't even have to be a day of outreach. You're just in the store, you're at the bank, whatever, and the Spirit of God says, go talk to that person. How many people have ever had that? Go talk to that person. He says, overtake this chariot. He's basically saying, because a lot of times we say, well, I don't want to mess up someone's day. They're busy. They're going someplace. This guy was busy. He, had his, he was on his, on his road to somewhere. But God had something else for him to do that day. And he said, go over, take that chariot. So you'd go stand in that store and say, hey. And you start talking to him. As the Holy Spirit said to. Okay? You never know what's going to happen when you listen to the Holy Spirit. But how many know that he's not telling you to do something just to tell you? He has a plan behind it. Okay, so he says, go over, take this chariot in verse 30. And he says, he says this question. Do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I unless somebody guides me? Now I want to tell you right now that there are tons of people out there tonight that are looking for someone to tell them who the answer is. Tons. They're waiting, they're searching, they sometimes don't even know they're searching. But this person was somebody who the seed had been planted, and now Philip was coming to water. He says, how can I know if somebody doesn't explain it to me and teach me? And he says, verse 31, and he asked Philip to come and sit with him. So we see that when the Holy Spirit's involved, things happen. The place in the scripture which he was reading was, Isaiah, as he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask of you, um, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? And Philip opened his mouth. And beginning at the scripture, watch this, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, here's some water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. Both Philip and eunuch went down into the water and he baptized them in water. And when they came up out of the water, the, watch this, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. Amen. If we'll be obedient to the Holy Spirit, we will win souls to the Lord. Because there are people out there every day that are waiting to be told about Jesus. That's why we try to teach you to get into the habit of taking some Jesus cards in your, after church and putting them in your car. And when you're going through a drive through or you're in the store or you're at the bank or wherever you're at, you grab that card and you just hand it to them. You just say, hey, read this. I want to invite you to my church Jesus loves you. Those things have the Roman road on the back of them. They have salvation on the back of them. And you never know what you're doing as you're planting those seeds. You might be, we said that in the judgment play, how somebody kept inviting Christina and she finally came. You might be the person who's passing out the card. Someone else in our church might be the person who comes along by the Spirit of God to the same person and tells them again. How many know if somebody out there gets invited to our church two or three times by two or three different people, they're going to be like, wow, I better try this out. That's The Holy Spirit can orchestrate that. And we see in the book of Acts that these people were being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Okay? Let me take you to another story in the book of Acts chapter 3. Let's go back three or four chapters to the book of Acts chapter 3. So we see somebody get saved because of the obedience of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody in here still believe that Jesus can heal? Is there anybody that believes that? He still heals? Does anybody in here believe He can use you to heal? Amen. It's not the evangelist, the pastor, the the super duck in God. It's somebody who believes. He said in Mark 16, whoever believes in my name, these signs shall follow. Amen. Amen. In my name, they'll cast out demons. In, In my name, they'll lay their hands on the sick and they'll recover. Amen. So we can be led. Maybe you haven't healed anybody in Jesus name because you haven't been obedient to the Holy Spirit. When he said pray for somebody. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but think about it. Has the Holy Spirit ever asked, ever told you pray for somebody and you haven't done it? Probably. Because you're embarrassed or the situation was awkward. You were at work. There was coworkers around. Someone's complaining about a headache all day long or a migraine or a situation. The Holy Spirit spoke to you and said, go over there and ask if you can pray for them. And you didn't do it. Maybe you did, but I'm just giving the example of maybe you didn't do it. God wanted to heal that person. If He told you to go... That, you know what that means? He was going to heal that person. Yeah, think about it. He wouldn't tell you, go pray for that person, and then you're going to go over there and pray for them, and nothing's going to happen. Because the Holy Spirit wouldn't fit, set you up to fail. Right, right. Now Somebody needs to catch that right there. That's one of the reasons we don't do things sometimes. We think, well, what happens if, if God doesn't heal him? Well, He wouldn't have told you to go pray for him if He wasn't going to heal them. Somebody get that? Okay, so if he speaks, you obey. We see that in the book of Acts chapter 3. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Now, this is important. This is where we are continually doing what we're supposed to do, and God does what he can do. Okay, so he's at prayer. They, they are, they, this wasn't like an accident. They were, go, they were daily seeking God and daily praying, and daily looking for direction from God. And so they were going in the right direction. It's like us when we're coming to church. When you just continually come to church, service after service after service, you might not even realize that God is doing something in your life he's growing you he's teaching you you're maturing you're learning things about the Lord and sometimes you don't even realize how much you've grown and so they're doing the right thing at the ninth hour of prayer they're praying and they're going into this place to prayer and verse 2 says and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. We used to see people like this a lot in Costa Rica. People laying on the ground. You'd go through the downtown San Jose, and people would be at certain spots all the time. And they would be lame. They couldn't move. You could tell they were paralyzed. You could tell they couldn't walk. They'd have a thing of change. Some were blind. Different situations. I know what this looks like. And maybe you've seen it here in the United States, too. There's different places where people are lame, and they're, they're asking for money. And watch this. They get to him, and verse 3 says, Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. He was asking for money. He wasn't even looking for a healing. And fixing his eyes on them, here's a verse you've heard many times with John Peter said, Look at us. Look at us. So he gave them his attention, and expecting to receive something from them, Peter says, Some of the most quoted in most powerful words in the bible silver and gold i do not have but what i have i give to you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankles both received strength watch this so he leaping up stood up and walked and entered the temple with them walking leaping and praising god Walking, leaping, and praising God. And then look what happens when we obey. Not only does somebody get healed, but revival happens. Because it says, all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he who sat begging for alms at the gate beautiful of the temple, and they were all filled with amusement at what had happened to him. Amen? What if God is just waiting for you to be obedient at work? For healing of that person that needs healing. For salvation of that person that needs salvation. And revival is going to break out as soon as you obey the Holy Spirit. But it hasn't yet because we haven't obeyed. Amen? What if he's waiting on us? Well, you might say, well, there's, there's, there's a, I know there's a couple other believers in our, in, our, in our workplace. Well, God, they're all thinking that you're going to do it. You're thinking that they're going to do it. And nobody's doing it. Amen. So revival's right around the corner if somebody will just what? Obey the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen? Let me read one more story in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. This is being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Listening to what He's telling you to do and obeying and, 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 and carrying it out. Okay, it's not enough to say, yes, Holy Spirit, I heard you. You got to carry it out. You gotta, here's the word, follow through. Amen. You gotta follow through with what the Lord's telling you to do. How many have ever done something halfway? Well, you get half results. Amen? But if you finish and do what God said to do, you see the miracle. It's kind of like you know, the testimony tonight at the offering. A lot of people, we have a lot of testimonies of people that get jobs and raises and 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 then we have other people that are going through struggles and We've all been through those struggles, but we look back and remember that we were in that struggle before, too. This is a new one, but another blessing's coming. But if we chose to say, well, I'm just going to, you know, give 5% instead of what God said in 10, that's not being obedient, and you're never going to see God's miracles. But you can know for sure that if you're doing what you're supposed to do by obeying the Holy Spirit and obeying the Word of God and giving your 10% to God and doing what you're supposed to do, you can be sure that God already has your problem worked out. He already has the miracle on the horizon. It's already there because God can't fail and God can't lie. Amen? So you just keep being what? Obedience. Every time you come to church and you write a check or you give your tithe and it hurts. And it's dangerous. And, it's, and it's, you're afraid it's going to bounce into the basket. Right? There's, you're afraid. You, every time you do that out of obedience, God is watching and He's taking that next step. But sometimes He's saying, okay, I'm going to see if they'll do it seven times and hopefully they don't stop on the fifth. Right. Just an example. I'm gonna see if they keep being obedient. Amen. So it's gonna hold on just a little bit longer, but I want to make sure that they trust me. Know tonight that God's just looking for your trust. Acts 16, verse 23. Paul and Silas are gonna get beaten right here. When they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison, fastened their feet in the stocks. How I many know that'd be enough to whine about right there? Like Robert was saying, we can be having a bad day until we hear somebody else is having a horrible day. Right? right? Just stop and pause there for a second. Like he said, a hot, bad day. Even an economic problem or even a sickness in our body seems so minimal when you hear of a child dying. It's nothing. And so God is helping us to obey His Spirit and keep things in perspective. Now we're looking, I don't know if any of us got beaten today, like Paul and Silas did. I don't know if any of us have been in prison recently for our faith. I don't think we have. Here's Paul and Silas beaten and imprisoned and shackled for their faith. And now he says, but at midnight, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now just stop right there for a second. What do you think made Paul and Silas sing to God when they were being be- after they'd been beaten and after they had been shackled and they were in pain? What do you think caused them to do that? The Holy Spirit. Amen. Quickened them. And said like Mercy Me or Casting Crowns, I think it's Casting Crowns Sings, I'll praise you in the storm. I'll praise you in this storm. I'll praise you in this storm. Amen? Be obedient to the Holy Spirit. I'll praise you in this storm. That's why when we do a thing like the media fast or any kind of fast, but especially, really, I almost, I almost think this media fast is greater than the food because you don't eat all 24 hours a day. You eat three times a day maybe four times a day, but this media thing, it's connected to our hand. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Amen. And it's constant, and we're constantly looking at it, and we'd be, we're amazed at how much, if you could just sit back and do the numbers of how much you went to look at your phone and then said, nah, I'm on a media fast. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Y'all are looking at me funny. Come on, am I telling the truth? Because we're so busy, we have work, and we have school, and we have play, and we have family, and we have jobs, and in between all of that, then we fill in with mortar on the bricks, media, right? We fill it in, and God says, where am I? Where am I at? And then we say, oh, my bad, God, let me read a verse real quick. Now, I'm not being mean. I'm just being honest. We, you, when you do a fast like this, you realize how much you really, really use that thing. And it, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, but it's taken away from time with God. Amen. Amen? I, I got to where I wasn't even, I, I was just tur- not even turning my radio on, just driving. Because, you know, sometimes you will be driving down the road and you turn the radio on just because of habit. Yeah. I got to hear noise i got to be entertained. And so I just said, no, I'm going to leave it off and pray. I get to talk. i got the mic. I'm just giving my examples. I know you all got some good ones. I'm sure you do. Of just three days of being focused on not looking at entertainment. Again, it's not bad. It's just filling our time. Okay? And so we need to get more or less crowded with things in our minds so that we can be more open to listening to the Holy Spirit. And that's kind of what you see in the media fast is you, you, you listen and you go, wow, I've, I've really paid attention more to God this last three days. Because that time that I was giving to something else, again, that wasn't bad. It's not, it doesn't have to be bad, but I was giving it away. I spent time in the presence of God. I spent time talking to God. I spent time reading more Bible than I was reading. And so I feel more focused. I feel like I can hear the Spirit of God greater. Amen? How many, how many have done any kind of fast before? Let me see your hands. Any kind. Food, media, anything. There's no doubt that it's hard. Yeah. But there's also no doubt that you really, really focus and you really, really hear God's voice more than ever before and you kind of can get jealous of those people who didn't have the temptation that we have today back in the early 1900s. You can get jealous of them. They didn't have all the things that we have today pulling us away from time, not just with God, but with each other, Amen. talking to each other, sitting down and having conversations in the family. Come on, guys. We, we, we think about where we are today. We sit in a living room. We sit in a church facility. We sit in a dining room table and everybody's looking at their phones. I'm not dogging anybody. It's just how we are. Everybody does it. We, we, we are just addicted to that thing. Amen? And so it's, you can almost be jealous of the time when, when Paul and Silas woke up in the morning and all they thought about was God. All they thought about was what can I do for the kingdom of God today? The Bible says, this. see, this is prophecy being fulfilled because the Bible said in the last days, not only would he pour out his flesh, but if the, if the Lord's pouring out his flesh on all spirit, then the devil's going to pour out f- flesh too. Right. Let me say that again. If God is going to pour his spirit out on all flesh, the devil's going to pour out his flesh on all flesh. Yeah. Right. He's going to do what he can to clutter our minds. He's going to do what he can to fill us up and keep us busy with other things. When God's saying, hey, I really want to use you. I really want to do something with your life. I really want to show you that I can speak to you if you'll obey the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's finish this. He says they're put in prison, fasten their feet in stocks. But at midnight, they begin to sing and pray. And sing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Sorry, I thought I was going to move on a little bit. People are watching us. Prisoners were listening to them. People, once we say we're a Christian or a believer, they're watching us to see how we talk, to see how we walk, to see how we react, to see how we act, to see what, you know, when when... like Jennifer said in her testimony, when the jobs begin to get shaky, do we do we get upset like everybody else? Or do we have a, a resolve that says, I know who my provider is. I know I'm not saying that's easy to do, but I guarantee you it wasn't easy for Paul and Silas to sing. I mean, I, I try to picture that place probably dark and gloomy and wet rats running around. They're bleeding. They're in their own blood. They're shackled somehow they found a way to praise God because they knew, because the Holy Spirit said, if you will, watch this, if you will obey me right here, I've got a way out. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. If you will obey the Holy Spirit, he has a way out. Okay? And when we get uncluttered, we're able to hear his voice. We're able to say, okay, God, I heard you. I'm going to do that. And then God takes us out. Remember, James says that there's no temptation given unto man that doesn't have a way out. Okay, so temptation is not always just sinning, temptation to fail, (coughs) temptation to to not trust, temptation to be afraid. Not just to fall into some kind of sin, but temptation to not trust God. Okay, that's what the devil did to Jesus in Matthew 4 when he said, Hey, you know, I got a different plan for you. If you'll worship me, I'll give you all this. It wasn't a temptation to sin. It was a temptation to not trust the plan that God had for him already. God's got a plan for us tonight. He has us on a path right now. And usually when things begin to get rattled, it's because something good is on the way. Remember that. If it seems like things are really bad, it's going to get better. And usually when it's gotten as bad as it can get, you know it can't get much worse. So you know God's going to come through. And you need to remember all the times He's come through before. Paul and Silas knew God was going to bring them out. So on credit, they began to sing. Then suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed everyone's chains were loosed. See, when you're obedient, you can break somebody else free too. Maybe somebody around you is chained and you are connected to them. They are connected to you. Okay, everyone's chains were broken. Why? Because of obedience. And the keeper of the prison, prison, awaking from his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we're all here. And he called for a light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out, and watch this, and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Amen? And then they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. When you obey the Holy Spirit people get saved. When you obey the Holy Spirit, people get healed. When you obey the Holy Spirit, people get set free. Okay? But how many know that sometimes we have to be in a predicament for God to let us obey Him, for God to break the chains off of us? It's a little harder to obey when, or it's a little easier to obey when everything's good. So sometimes God has to stir us up a little bit, shake it up a little bit, And get us to a place where we obey in the midst of chaos. And that's when he really gets the glory. Okay? I can tell you from experience, over the years I've been saved, usually when it's really confusing, God is trying to speak. And the devil's trying to stir up everything around us and trying to keep us busy. And what we do is we feed the flesh instead of feeding the spirit. When you're confused... When you don't have an answer on something, that's when you more than ever need to starve the flesh and feed your spirit so that your flesh will not hear what flesh wants to hear and your spirit will hear what the spirit wants to speak. Okay, I'm going to close with a, a couple things to write down tonight. This is really powerful. Back in the early 1700s, a guy named Jonathan Edwards He's famous in Christian history. How many have ever heard of the Great Awakening? Back in the early 1700s, there was something called the Great Awakening. And Jonathan Edwards was used mightily as many men over and women over the years of, of the past from back to Jesus have been used. And uh, heaven will tell, amen, what they did for the Lord. But this guy was known for, for saying, God, I'm going to seek your presence, I'm going to listen to your Holy Spirit, I'm going to obey you, I'm going to do what you say, and I'm really going to just listen to you. And he got alone with God and he sought God and he, and, he, and he turned off the world. And how many know we could say that his world was a little easier to turn off? Right? It's a little harder for us. Let's be real. This is the hardest, easiest, best, worst time to serve God. Right? It's the, it's the most amazing It's also the hardest. It's the best. It might be the worst. It could be a mixture of everything. This is tough times to serve God. We have more temptations than we've ever had before. Okay? He he didn't have to turn the TV off. He didn't have to turn Facebook off. He didn't have to turn Instagram off. He didn't have to turn anything off except his simple life, which for him it wasn't simple, but for us it would be very simple. He said, I'm going to seek God. He began to seek God and watch what the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Write these things down. This is what the Holy Spirit showed him. How many know it's good to learn from somebody else's experience? These five things that I'm going to tell you, he heard the Holy Spirit speak, and they will bring revival. They brought revival to thousands at this time in the early 1700s. Number one, these are things the Holy Spirit showed him. Number one, never do anything half-hearted. Okay, never do anything half-hearted. That's the Holy Spirit telling him that. Now, some of these might be like, oh, that's, not, that's no revelation. Well, how come we don't do it then? Right? Amen? That's a good, that's a good word. Sometimes what the Holy Spirit speaks to us is common sense. Oh, yeah. Me and my dad have been talking about this a lot lately when we've been together. You can't teach common sense. Right? How many know that common sense goes a long ways? And when you don't have any common sense, you're in trouble. Amen? If you got some common sense and listen to the Holy Spirit, you're going to make it. I mean, it's really that simple. Common sense and the Holy Spirit. Combine those together and you're going to make it. Okay, Don't do anything half-hearted. That goes to every area of your life. Number two, never lose a moment of time Never lose a moment of time. Make me take advantage of every moment. Take advantage of every moment. Okay? Just a generic example. My daughter wants to come and give me a hug. I'm busy and I'm going out the door. That is a moment that I'll never get back. Okay? It's just an example. Take advantage of every moment. We're busy. We're running. We're going. He says the Holy Spirit showed him. How many know that our relationship would be so much greater if we would realize that even though we're busy, I take the time to look you in the eyes. I take the time to say hi to you. I take the time to 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 make sure we know each we care about each other. Don't don't miss a moment. Don't miss an opportunity. Don't let don't let it don't take a day off. In God. Because you never know who that person is that you needed to touch that day. And you say, well, I just was tired that day and that person that went right by you to hell. Never miss a moment, okay? And you'll know when those moments are. Number three, never do anything to another person that I would despise somebody doing to me. That's good. Never do anything to somebody, That I would just that's the golden rule. It says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How many know if we would stop and really, really think about that, we would have a different walk. Really? Never talk about somebody in a way that you would not want them to talk about you. Never treat somebody in a way that you would not want to be treated. That's good good common sense and good work of the Holy Spirit, right? So don't do anything. Don't ever treat somebody in a way or say something to them in a way that you would not want to be treated. Number four, never do anything out of revenge or self-ambition. Never do anything out of revenge or self-ambition. Now, these aren't things that some guy just said, oh, this sounds good. This is a guy that sought God and caused the great awakening of the 1700s. These are things the Lord showed him and he wrote down. These are what you'd call nuggets. Amazing nuggets. Okay? Number five. This is a good one. Never do anything that I would be afraid to do for the last hour of my life never do anything that I would be afraid to do for the last hour of my life. Okay? These are five things that the Holy Spirit spoke to John Edwards. And the, and the history tells us that revival, thousands upon thousands of people were saved by him preaching these five things and saying, listen to the Holy Spirit speak to you. And how many know the Holy Spirit gives us a witness? when he speaks to us amen musicians you can come tonight the Holy Spirit gives us a witness he speaks you listen you obey and then there's what there's peace okay when he speaks and you obey there's peace what happens when he speaks and you don't obey what is there what's the opposite of peace what's a a good word for that Chaos, fear, doubt, turmoil, all kinds of things come. Wrestling inside of you when you go, man, I missed it. I missed it. I should have done that. And here's the great thing about God. I can't promise you that when you miss that opportunity, it's going to come back around and say, I can't promise that. But I do know that God is a God of mercy and grace. And if you'll listen to them and say, God, I, I realize, how many know realizing you missed it can be almost as important. Right. Say, God, I, I'm looking back now and I missed you there. We can all think of times in our lives, and they're usually not humongous times. Small little areas where we say, I know I missed God right there. By his grace, by his mercy, he brought us back around. He gave us a second chance. But sometimes if we'll say, Lord, I know I missed you there. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to do it now. Even though it's, it seems late, I'm still going to do it out of obedience. I'm going to fix that problem. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to move forward. And then God will honor that. Amen? There's always repentance. Spirit of repentance. If you just walk in repentance, that means when the Holy Spirit convicts you of something, God, I'm sorry. It, mean, it, it, it doesn't mean you go, Oh, I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry I did that, Holy Spirit. I'm sorry I hurt you. Remember tonight as we close up and we're talking about obeying the Holy Spirit that He is a gentleman. He is a person. He is a person. And He he wants to walk with us. He'd be like that best friend that you'd never want to hurt. Your husband, your wife, your dearest friend, your family member. You'd never want to hurt that person. And He can be quenched by us having The wrong attitude. Or us not listening. Or us not giving him time. Sometimes it's just spending time with him. Just being with him. How many know in, in physical life, you don't always have to talk to somebody. You can just sit down by them and they know you're spending time with them. Amen? You don't have to be saying anything at all. On Monday, me and my wife got, got made some coffee and sat on the couch and didn't even talk a whole lot. We just spent time together. You know what I'm saying? You're just spending time together. You don't always have to say a lot of things to the Holy Spirit. You don't always have to, definitely don't always have to ask a lot of things. You just spend time with Him. And He'll speak to you in a very, very sweet way. And the more you learn to obey, the more He says, I know I can speak more. And I know that you'll listen to me. And we all struggle in this area. But what I'm trying to get you to do and what God's trying to get you to do is struggle less. Struggle less in the obedience. Listen more to the Holy Spirit. Close out more of the things. And and when... When at that moment, I really believe this, when at that moment you are watching TV or you are listening to the radio or you are watching something on your phone and the Holy Spirit says, turn that off, you listen. Sometimes they'll test you just to see if you're listening. Right? How many have ever been talking to somebody and you're having a conversation with them and that you know they're not listening to you and you say something totally out of the blue totally off, off character, totally out of the conversation, and they nod their head, and, and Jose didn't do this, don't worry. I, I, he's just a good front row person here. And you know they're not listening, and you say something crazy, and they nod their head and say yes, and you know they aren't listening to you. Right? Isn't that the worst? We're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of that. It's not, that's not condemning. That's just, that's, that's what the Holy, the Holy Spirit's like. I just want you to listen to me. Listen to me. You know, you know what the Holy Spirit wants to do? Not only is it, does he want to use us, he wants to keep us out of turmoil. He wants us to be happy. He really does. The Holy Spirit wants us to be happy. And we'll be more happy when we're listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying the Holy Spirit. Work on those little things and build up a relationship with them. Amen?